Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. And then there's a little parenthetical statement the writer says, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. One ancient rabbi remarked, eating the bread of a Samaritan was like eating swine. And y'all know that Jewish people did not eat pork. But Jesus was willing to face whatever the criticism, whatever the ostracism that was necessary to reach this woman. She asked the question. Jesus answered. And he said to her, if you knew the gift of God, if you only knew what I was trying to get to you, you would have no problem with anything I might ask of you. If you only knew what she didn't know was killing her. People say that what they don't know won't hurt you. What you don't know will destroy you and kill you. She said, you're looking at me as a Jew. All you see is a man like every other man. Let me tell you something a little bit about this uh, water well. Yes, she came there for water. But the reality is she was probably also plying her trade because travelers, men, would often go to that water well. And that's where, you know, she could be introduced to a new John. So there's this conversation going on, and Jesus is saying, the problem is you think I'm like every other man. The reason you're talking to me this way is because you don't get it yet. If you only knew the gift of God, everybody else in the world may be on a hustle, but not this man standing right before you right now. He said, if you knew the gift of God, here's something else I know. The only reason people are ever reluctant to give to God is because they don't know him. It's true. If you knew how faithful he was. If you knew how giving, how compassionate, how merciful, how trustworthy he was, you'd jump at every single opportunity. If you knew, Jesus speaking, the gift of God and who it is that's talking to you, saying, give me a drink, you would have asked him. Jesus' logic here is crystal clear. He was saying, lady, I don't need nothing from you. I know all them other men wanted something from you. I don't need nothing from you. In fact, the only reason he asked her for anything was so she might ask him back. That's what he said. You see, when you obey God... It creates a hope and an expectancy in the human heart that nothing else can achieve any other way. I I don't know what it is in us, but somehow when someone gives you, I don't know, if you ask someone for a pencil and and they give you a pencil, you, you feel comfortable then asking for a pen. It's just something that happens in that exchange. So God, to break the ice, he's like, well, here, give me some water. 
hear what I'm saying? Because I know if, if I'm going to open up, you know, that barrier, I'm going to open it up because ultimately I don't need your pencil. It's about you knowing I have something to give to you. Do you understand? That's important. That's important. And by the way, God never asks for anything because he, he, he needs it. He only asks because we do. That's important. Watch this. Now, if you knew the gift of God, you, you would ask, and who asked you for a drink? You would have asked him. And then when you would ask me, and you didn't get that attitude. Now, he's speaking of himself in the third person here, so it's a little difficult to follow. He would have given you, speaking of Jesus, living water. If she would have let go of what was in her hand, Jesus was saying, I would have let go of what was in my hand. If she would have just given him what she had, it would have set Jesus up to give her more than she could ever want. And by the way, that's the way God operates exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever want ask or think. Verse 11. But she wasn't quick. She still had a little more lip. So the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. She's just looking at Jesus as a regular old man. She's saying, without a bucket, man, what are you talking about water? Your arms are not long enough to reach down, you know, 75, 100 feet to stir up this water. But she was about to find out. No matter how deep the area, no matter how great the promise, Nothing is beyond Jesus' reach. Nothing. Where then do you get this living water you're talking to me about? But she didn't understand Jesus wasn't talking about H2O. Jesus was saying basically, what water is to your body, I want to become to your soul. Hear me. I want to become a refreshing. You see, here's a woman. We're about to discover some things about her life. But Jesus didn't come to condemn her or to beat her. She was probably already doing that to herself, by the way. He came to refresh her. And many, we don't know God. That's why we run from him. That's why, because we don't, if we really knew how much he loved us, how much he was for us, that it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. That he wants to refresh us and add to us and give us peace and joy to pass and understand. Walk us through the valley of the shadow. He, he wants to be with us in trouble. He wants to be with us and triumph. He, he's that type of God. But because we don't know, we run. And she listens to all this, and it's almost too good to be true. And she's a thinking woman. She said, are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this? Well, and he drank from it himself. I mean, it was good enough for Jacob. What you saying about my well here? As well as his sons and his livestock. Jesus very politely responds by saying, yes, I'm greater. Watch what he says. He said to her, I love the way Jesus, he just knows who he is all the time. Whoever drinks of this water I'm talking about will thirst well, actually, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. I, I'm sorry, I got too quickly to the water Jesus was talking about. 
But the point here is nothing in life is permanent. No matter how much you eat or drink, it's amazing how the hunger and thirst always comes back. Never sacrifice the eternal for the immediate. By the way, this is what this woman had been doing. Never trade future blessings for temporary pleasures. She said, now, this water you've been messing with, you're going to have to keep coming back. But I'm going to give you a fix that's permanent. Watch this. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Jesus wanted to put something so powerful in this woman that she would never hunger for anything beyond what God had given her. He, she would never have a thirst for things that couldn't satisfy any more. And here's something about the devil. He'll give you things to placate, but nothing to ever fix. But watch, this is important, because Jesus knew why she was at that well. Yeah, the ladies didn't like her. That was true. But also, the odds are she was there to meet a new man. Here, lady. And by the way, he kind of backs into it gently. He's about to get pointed in a few moments, but not yet. But the water that I shall give him will become in him, or in this case, in her. You see, this woman was trying to answer her problem through external things. The men in her life. The things she did in her life. But Jesus was saying, you know what? The water I will give, it won't come from an external source. You won't need a man. You, you, it won't matter whether the girls like you or, or, or don't like you. You know, it, it won't matter. You know, it won't, won't depend on the economy. It won't, won't matter on who wins the election, by the way. It, it won't matter whether or not we're at peace or, or we're at war. It will be an inner, never-failing source of God that supplies peace and satisfaction beyond your wildest dreams. Jesus was talking some very, very serious stuff. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Remember, you can access this teaching and more for free at gracechurchva.org. We are excited to welcome Bishop Michael Pitts on Friday, October 8th at 11 a.m. for a free RLN online session to lead a discussion on knowing your season. Bishop Michael Pitts is an international apostle and the founder and senior pastor of Cornerstone Church and Cornerstone Global Network, which includes churches located across the United States, South Africa, Argentina, Colombia, and Mexico. Along with Bishop Pitts' apostolistic and pastoral calling, he is an accomplished author of over a dozen books, including Fault Lines, Boundary Shifters, and Don't Curse Your Crisis. At RLN, we provide access to top leaders and experts, in-demand information, and keys to obtain measurable results. So, whether you lead in church, business, or otherwise, don't miss this free online session. Register today at rlnleadership.com. That's rlnleadership.com. And we'll see you Friday, October 8th at 11 a.m. with Bishop Michael Pitts. Let's get back to today's message. And then he continues about this water. And he said, it will be a fountain, meaning it will spring, it will dance, it will sing. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, meaning it would last forever. 
Here's the challenge. You know, you, you get seduced into this one thing, and it's exciting for a few minutes, but then a couple of weeks later, it's gone. You got to go do it again. And then you go after that other thing. Then you go after that other thing. Then by the time you know it, you're on the 10th one. And then the 10th one's not like the first one. And you can't seem to get all that back. And this is what we do in life. But Jesus said, listen, what I want to do in your life is absolutely permanent and it can last forever. Stay with me. And then the woman, finally, he got her attention. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water you've been talking about that I may not thirst nor come here anymore to draw. How many of you have some places you don't want to go back to? How many of you carrying a water pot visiting places under the guise, but you know what's really going on deep in the heart? And Jesus said to her, lady, we've finally gotten to what I need to talk to you about. Go call your husband. And by the way, Jesus knows exactly what he's saying. He knows every detail of her life. Go call your husband and come here. Now, he already had the spiritual conversation, but now he needs to have a practical conversation. And I do notice with people, some people love me as long as I'm having a spiritual conversation. But when I start having a practical conversation, like, now you're going to meddling now. That ain't none of your business. Well, the woman answered, and she said, I have no husband. Four words. It was a curt response designed to change the subject. You know what someone don't want to talk about? It's like, I ain't got, no, I ain't got no husband. <laughs> but Jesus knew the need, and he pressed in. The only reason I'm going to talk about what I talk about, because I see a need. And I love you. Jesus said to her, oh, you're a smart girl, aren't you? <laughs> you have well said, I have no husband. She'd been accurate, but misleading. Sharing facts is not always the same as telling the whole truth. How many of you know that's true? <laughs> now, don't mishear me. You don't have to tell everybody everything. But you do need to learn to be honest with Jesus. So, okay, I, I, he's like, okay, you have no husband. Okay, I, I, I got that. Uh, for you have had not one. You're right about that. You have had five husbands. She'd been married and remarried so many times. She gave up on marriage altogether. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. Obviously, Jesus didn't feel that living together constituted marriage. Obviously, stay with me. Just keep looking straight ahead. Playing house. It's not the same as meeting God at the altar. 
By the way, I didn't give you my opinion. It was Jesus. But here's where I want to chime in. How self-destructive is it to give someone all your benefits without requiring any obligation or commitment? Jesus was simply trying to protect this woman. What God requires is, is not to, to keep you in a box or to keep you down. It's to keep you safe. Yes. And Jesus loved this woman enough to have this conversation. He couldn't have it in front of everybody. This one-on-one conversation between her and him. And then the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Of course. He just read her like a Sunday morning newspaper. But here's the deal about Jesus. Jesus knew that truth may hurt for a little while, but a lie hurts forever. Skip to verse 28. I'm going to be out of your hair in just a moment. A lot of people would think, well, The woman walked away offended. She walked away upset. No. She understood that Jesus cared about her. Instead of her walking away, the next verse is quite amazing. And let me tell you something. What we say today is really not true. I wish it was, but it's not true. We say things like, well, I'm just going to love this person and they're going to enter the kingdom. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So if you say you love somebody, but don't tell them the truth, you don't give them an opportunity for change. He didn't just come and say, I love you. He said, listen, I love you, honey. I'm for you. But, but here, I got to tell you some things. I got I to share some truth with you to give you an opportunity to get it right. So if every Sunday all I do is preach what you agree with, I'm not really giving you a chance to grow or become better. Verse 28, instead of getting mad and rolling her eyes and all that, no. The woman then left her water pot. The very thing she was using, the very thing she needed in order to seem respectable while she was standing at the well, but she was really looking for other men. Then the woman left her water pot and went her way back into the city. Here's something I know. If you really come to know Jesus, you will be willing to leave some things behind. Someone listed five reasons why this woman left her water pot. And I'm going to steal all five reasons from him. And then I'm going to wrap up. Number one, this woman no longer needed it. Jesus promised her that she would never thirst again. And when, when Jesus is really in your life, you don't need as much as you used to. Amen. You're not as needy. It's just a whole different deal. Number two. 
She might have forgot it. After meeting Jesus, she only had one thing on her mind, Jesus. And the bucket represented all the things in her life that were once so important that suddenly became irrelevant. Number three, perhaps the Lord Jesus himself needed it. Remember, Jesus had no bucket to draw it. That's why he asked the woman. So after he met her spiritual needs, this woman decided to meet his material needs. Number four, she knew she would come back, meaning she left the water pot as a placeholder to make sure Jesus wouldn't leave until she returned. Matter of fact, verse 28 says this, she went on her way into the city, and watch this, and said to the men, why is she only telling the men? How many know most girls usually go to their girlfriends? The girls didn't like her, okay? The only people she had relationships with were men. God knows how to take our mess and turn it into a message. That's what he did with her. All that mess, he took it and used it, and he's the same God. And she said, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Because he didn't stone me, because all these men knew what they did with her. But he didn't stone me. Didn't reprimand me. Did all he tried to do was talk to me and get me straight. Then all of those men went out of the city and came to him or came to Jesus, meaning this woman would not be satisfied until everyone she knew met him. And she knew she'd come back, number four. Number five. And we're going to close with this. She left the water pot because she wanted the Lord to fill it. Jesus promised her not just a regular, ordinary, standard water that makes you thirsty again, but living water that, that leaps and jumps and moves in the cup that creates life and abundance. And she left her pot until she received the promise. And here's the deal today. A lot of people in this room, I'm not sure what your reason is for leaving your pot. It might be one of those five reasons. Maybe you no longer should need the pot like you used to. Maybe you, you just ought to forget it. Maybe it's the Lord. I don't know the reason God wants you to leave this pot. But one thing I know this morning, God wants you to leave the pot behind. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.